Hey, everybody back at the Stop Talk House at the Stop Talk House. Says, hey. Back. hey. <laughs> Stop Talk House says, hey. Says, hey. Um, so, guys, we got some exciting stuff for you planned today. I'm just going to whiz through some of the early stuff here. We are going to do top 10 90s action movies. Now, a couple weeks 90s. ago, we did 80s action movies and went up very well. So we're going to go with 90s this week. So you definitely don't want to miss that. No. We got some news and we got some what you're watching uh, towards the end of the show. But first, something a huge. little odd happened. No, huge, Chris. It's not a, it's a lot odd, first off, but it's incredible in the snarf talk pantheon of yeah. uh, stuff, right? Like of recordings of what our history has been. Yeah. So we had somebody, uh, a famous celebrity, reach out to us and had been aware of the podcast and aware of a little segment we like to do sometimes called Snarfioki. Yeah, and it's mostly on our Patreon, but yeah. uh, we did we have did some, some early on ones. Some hidden tracks early on, so go back. Um, I couldn't tell you what numbers they are because I honestly don't remember, but on our earlier tracks, we have some uh, Snarfiokis that were hidden in the back. And this gentleman which we hinted at uh, or basically told you in the last episode, um, heard them, and he wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, he is a 90s cult classic. Yeah. That's why we wanted to put him on the top 10 90s action movies of course. Uh, uh, recording here. So we got him. Um, he's ready for us to call him. So we were going to call him yeah, on Skype. We're going to Skype in with him. Uh, here's the problem is that the way our equipment is right now, I have to run the podcast, the board, and the Skype and everything, and it's going to disable my mic. So unfortunately, um, right. I'm just going to be here controlling things, but Jerry's going to be the one actually having the conversation with him a little bit. And then uh, he's told us he wants to join in the fun and do some snarfioki. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so we're going to call him, and I'll have a little bit of a conversation, and, and we'll see Get right where it goes, it. I guess, yeah. you know, because I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. It's, I, I don't even know what to think. I have no idea Makes what to think. no sense. I've been waiting for this <laughs> since I was a child. <laughs> I've loved this man for a long time, Yeah, and he's been a bit of a novelty. I talked about him, like, throughout my whole life. There's been other people in my life, like Pagoda. Pagoda's been on this uh, show before. And he does an impersonation of this man, um, and well, I guess we could just tell we could just tell him, right? Yeah. Like so, it's Aaron Neville. If you don't know who Aaron Neville is, he was a very famous singer in the '90s, had a lot of hits, um, and he is going to be on the show. Yeah. Um, he told us to call him, so we're going to do that. That's what we're going to do. So uh, with. Without any further ado, really, I'm going to jump off. Uh, Jerry's yeah. going to ring him up on on Skype, and, and uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll get we'll get this going. All right, all right, you ready? Yes, and let's call him now. Well, hello, Jerry. Oh. Aaron, uh, hey, how, how are you tonight? Well, that's right. You got me. <laughs> I do. We do. Uh, we we super appreciate you being on the on the podcast tonight. Uh, it's something that uh, we never thought was going to happen ever. Well, you know, when I found out about this uh, snuff talk that you guys are doing, I just uh, I had to be a part of it. 
And and we greatly appreciate it. I've loved you for a long time. Uh, you have a lot of great hits. And we we were just hoping to, you know, get a good conversation out of you. Well, you know, I've just been in California on this quarantine. Uh, all I can think about is I've just got a lot of time on my hands, you know, Jerry? Yeah, we do too. And we I, do too. you know, I started, I heard about this podcast. Yeah. I, I heard about a little segment you guys do called a snarfioki. Yeah, we've been doing snarfioki for a little while now. And um, it's just something we do for fun. Uh, what, I mean, do you want to do something like that? Or? Well, well you got goddamn right I want to do it, Jerry. <laughs> wow. That would be incredible. I, I mean, don't know if you know, I got a little hit. From the uh, 90s, yeah. a, a little bit of a, a pop of ballad, and uh, I sang it with a... You have uh, so many hits. Yeah, well, I sang this one with my friend Alina Ronstadt. Oh, Mr. Aaron Neville. Are you yeah, talking about... A, yeah, it's a little song I, I call, I don't know much, but I know I love you. Oh, my gosh, I do love you. But, the, but we got a problem here, Jerry. Okay. Uh, Linda's not available right now. Oh, so she's not uh, She's not there with I, I you. I can't, no, she's not here with me. So I got to give you... To sing her part of the song for me. What, you, you want me to be Linda Ronstadt? Wait, who else is going to do it, Jerry? I mean, there's literally nobody else in the county that could be Linda Ronstadt besides me. So it's just by ha- happenstance that I, I can be her tonight. That's right, Jerry. And that's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't practiced the part about seven times before this. Um, I, I guess we'll just... We'll just do it on the fly, right? Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Dude. I mean, obviously, you know the song. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote the song. You did. You did. Okay. Um, I'll be Linda Ronstad, and you'll be Aaron Neville. Yes, sir. And we'll do this song. And let's get going, Jerry. All or right. Let's get this rolling. I hope all you guys out in Snuff Talk Land are ready for some Snuffyoki. And here we go. Look at his face I know the years are showing Look at this life I still don't know where it's going I don't know much But I know I love you And that may be But I know how to love you And that may be all I need to know So many questions still left unanswered So much I've never broken through Sometimes I see so clearly The only truth I'll ever know Is me and you I 
look at this man So blessed with inspiration Look at this soul Still searching for salvation I don't know much But I know I love you And that may be all I need to know I don't know much But I know I love you And that may be all I need to know I don't know much But I know how I love you And that may be all there is to know Wow. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, I've never done anything like that in my life. Well, Jared, uh, I, tell you, I tell you what, that is one solid falsetto you got. <laughs> Thank you. I've really never hit a falsetto like that in my life besides other than like driving around in my truck. But Well, you damn near make me into Ronstadt jealous. You, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't, I don't know much, but I know you got a hell of a singing voice. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. Um, but that, that rendition just brought out the best of me. And I think it's because of you. Well, you know what, Jerry? I'm just a big fan of the show. Thank you. And I'm a big fan of everything you guys are doing over there. And I just want to come on and help in any little way I can. Well, I tell you what, I mean, I mean, I know Chris wants, I, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sick about that. Yeah. I, you know? I, Chris wants to be able to talk to you, but you know, he's, he's running the operation. Well, right I mean, now. we'll get on the phone afterwards, after we get off the recording. Yeah, we'll just if, have a little chat. If we could have a little, like maybe a Snapchat or a, a selfie with you on the computer, that would be incredible. Oh, you know, Jerry, actually, I, I figured out a way to enable my mic. Oh, that this is absolutely perfect that we can have all three of us on at the same time. This Aaron, is unbelievable. Aaron, I just want to thank you so much. That was so much fun. Wasn't it great? Right. You know what? I'm just really happy that I got a chance to talk to you and, and talk to all you guys right here. And I just want to help out in any way I can. And I just want to tell you guys, go ahead and keep doing all the good things you're doing. Thank you. Uh, we're going to try. Oh, I mean, for sure. And it's just, I, it blows our mind to have you here. You're by far the biggest celebrity we've had on here. Yeah, the only absolutely. celebrity we've had on here. Can I mean, could we could we have this again? I mean, would you be willing to do the show again at some point in the future if you were available? Well, you know what, Jared? What I think's happening right now is you're getting a little too big for your britches. Oh, all right. So well, we'll just see how that goes. I'm I'm sorry, Mister. We'll just see how it goes. Okay. And you know, maybe. I mean, have you been doing much lately? Well. Uh, you know, I don't know much. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I know my time is valuable. <laughs> it is. No, no I'm, um, I, I mean, I'm sorry for my yeah, co-host I, here. I, I wasn't. 
you know, uh, if you if you ever want to come back on, you have an open invitation to have some fun, do some snarfioki, and have a great time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate that, and you know, I think I probably will do that. That's thank you, thank you very much. I I really appreciate your time. I know our listeners would will re- really appreciate this. Like, if you could ever be on again, we will have you. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to keep you any more than, well, than oh, what you've got. All right. Well, that I had a great time and I really appreciate being out here and thank, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And we really appreciate having you and, uh, good luck with the quarantine and I hope you can, uh, get back out there. Yes. You know, avoid the Corona. Well, you know, I had a concert planned for this summer. I was going to, um, thinking that maybe I should, um, you know, talk about that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, if you ever have a concert in our area, uh, Snarf Talk will promote it. Well, we I, will I be don't there. know. I don't know much, Jerry, but I know <laughs> if I have a concert in your area, you will have front row seats. You know what? I'll bring you up on stage to sing that part of the duet. If I could be Linda Ronstad, you will be up on stage, and we will sing that duet because I have an incredible falsetto that I've hidden for years, and and you've brought it out for yeah. me. Well, you know, I appreciate you having me. You guys have a great rest of the show, and we'll see you next time. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Aaron. See you. Bye-bye. And that was was Aaron Neville. I I literally just had a conversation with Aaron Neville and sang a duet with him, Chris. (laughs) What is going on? Do you understand what just happened? No, I don't. I don't know what's going on with this podcast, but it is... uh, It is bringing us to new... Like areas of a fame. New Aaron Le- Aaron Neville level heights. I nineties superstardom, <sighs> if you will. Yeah. We, like now that's nineties. That guy's on it. Yeah. So now do we get uh what's that one guy's name? Or maybe um, that's eighties. I don't know. One of those Michael two. uh Jackson? I don't know. No, the other guy. My mom loved him. He was on a... shoot, he was on with uh <laughs> Shit. What's that group called with Andy Samberg? Uh, Lonely Island? Yeah, Lonely Island had this guy on. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Michael McDonald? No, not him. It's the blonde-haired guy that everybody loves. And he sang so many songs that, you know, it's middle-aged women in the 90s loved. Michael McDonald from the N- Doobie Brothers? No, it's not him. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, well, shoot. Well, whatever. We're going to think of it, and I will come back later and bring it up and tell you who it is. Uh, Michael McDonald's amazing, though, too. He is. Uh, Michael McDonald. (laughs) Doobie Brothers, Steely Dan. I mean, come on. My name is Michael McDonald. He was on Now That's Motown or one of those Motown collections that you used to see back in the 90s. Yes. He was definitely on that. Um, But why are we talking about Michael McDonald when we could be talking about Aaron Neville? That just happened. I don't know. Boy. If we didn't have so much to go for on this show, we would probably talk about it for another hour. But we, we are doing a so thing. so much more to cover. We are doing a thing. We are doing uh, top 90s action movies. Tell me what, Jerry. Do you want to do uh, the little bit of news we got before that or after that? Michael Bolton. It's Michael Bolton that I'm talking about. Um, oh, Mike. hey, in YouTube land. Sorry. You yeah. guys are way late to the party. Uh, I didn't start recording this soon enough when the show started. Um 
Welcome to Snarf Talk. If you want to listen to the most amazing thing you've ever heard, you need to go to Apple Podcast app or Spotify and download this right episode, episode now. 77, right, of yes. the podcast. We just had Aaron Neville on of 90s fame. Sorry, YouTube, I, I, I missed the button. It doesn't matter, but go to go to the podcast and listen to it because it's incredible. We didn't have we any video of him anyway. Yeah, we didn't have any video, so we weren't going to put it up anyway. The only video you would have seen is me singing a duet <laughs> right with Aaron Neville and I, it would have only been me. We had the Skype video of him cuz uh, it was a video conference but the Skype videos are so poor quality I they would never put that on to YouTube. So either way, who I was talking about earlier was Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. We are going to have Michael Bolton on at some point, I'm sure, if I can reach out to him. I mean, now that we've talked to Aaron Neville and had a a duet with him. Who's better, Michael Bolton or John uh, or George Michael? Michael Bolton by far. I would. Yeah, I know. I get it. Careless Whisper? Yeah, Careless Whisper is a phenomenal song, but Michael Bolton, he's just better. What does Michael Bolton sing? You know, that one song. Uh, Okay. He sings a lot of them. He used to be a hard rocker. He opened for uh, Ozzy Osbourne. No, he did. His band Blackjack. Yes, he did. Is that real? Yeah, dude. He auditioned for. And was denied lead vocalist for Black Sabbath. Well, yeah, there's a reason why he was denied. Later, he said that rumor was untrue. The rumor about me auditioning for Black Sabbath was only a rumor. I don't know how on earth it started. Wrong. Why would they even write that? I, I don't understand why anybody would even say that. Like, who would honestly believe that Michael Bolton could sing for Black Sabbath? Listen, um, it's irrelevant. So let's get on with the show. Are Did we you gonna say do elephant? Yeah, irrelevant. Are we going to do a little bit of news first, or are we going to jump right into the top 10 90s action movies? No, we need to do a little bit of news first. I got some news, too, so we can do some housekeeping here. And real quick, I want to just throw out some things real quick from our like statistics, right? So we have had, I just want to say like we've had some listeners across the United States that I want to call out from North Carolina. Maryland, Texas, Michigan, you guys are listening to the podcast. We appreciate Indiana. It. A lot from Indiana's, Indiana's freaking hammering it. There's more than corn in Indiana. But the most Indiana beach. Located on Lake Schaefer in Monticello, Indiana. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Proving once again there is more than corn than Indiana. Um anyway, yeah. Um, Maryland, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Michigan, Indiana, I already said that, Ohio, California, and New Mexico. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, Especially all of our friends, uh, repeat listeners in uh, UK and Australia. That's great. I know we've had some new ones this week. Russia. Uh, Russia. Russia's been killing it. Uh, Yeah, Russia's been killing it. We are not in a collusion. Swaziland. Yeah, Swaziland in Africa, but that's a that's a one man yeah. named Nate. Um, but besides all that, um, we have regular listeners from the UK and from Australia. We have for the last year. So if you guys are listening, please reach out. We want to hear Queen, more from you. It's like Queensland. Yeah, Queensland and uh, there's, there's I don't know the other locations. God, I want to know how who all these people that are listening in Maryland are in Michigan. I don't know. Uh, Huge all, numbers. Literally, all I need you to do is comment on something. <laughs> right. Or just like Facebook message us and yeah. just be like, hey, I'm the person listening. Yeah, that's literally it. I'm, that's, 
honestly why I wanted to call you out and say like, hey, these these are the states we're getting listens in. Um, yeah, let us know what you know if you guys are listening. That's great. So thanks. Uh, okay, so, yeah, news. some news. Uh, first, right off the top, uh, before you get into yours, I want to talk about a little bit of a new uh, new uh, playlist we have on YouTube. That I've been working on. Yeah. Snarf Talk. It's called Snarf Talk Juniors. Juniors. Uh, it's starring my uh, six-year-old, soon-to-be-seven-year-old son, Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's having a ball. It looks like Creating it. his own uh, YouTube videos. All he's ever wanted since he was about three or four years old was his own YouTube channel. And I would never let him have one. Oh, really? Yeah, but just because I always felt it was not no, I agree. a good idea. But now we can facilitate that. Well, and then I said, you know, why don't... We try to make you go do something viral and me get all the credit by putting it on my uh, that's perfect YouTube channel. No, that's perfect. No, <laughs> um, actually, the reality is it's quarantine time, so I needed to keep him busy while he was in the office with me. So yeah. I set up a tripod and an uh, iPad. Literally, guys, I'm telling you, absolutely zero input from me. Zero. I'm in the other room. He closes and locks the door. He will not let me be anywhere near it. Right. It is 100% created by him. The only thing that I do is I upload the video and I put it, you know, I, I, I edit it a little edit. bit yeah. and upload it. I don't censor. I don't give him topics. I don't tell him what to talk about. He's recorded about five or six of them right now. I've released two. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snarf comic, soon to be youtube.com slash snarf talk. Talk. Um, yeah, we're we're kind of rebranding here. So Snarf Comics is the overarching brand, right? I just but think it's a little confusing. It can be confusing to everyone to log into Snarf Comics when we have a podcast called Snarf Talk. Yeah. So, so I, we're going to keep our website doing. as snarfcomics.com. Um, but other than that, anyway, beside the point. Um, so check that out. It's really cool. The first one he does is a little puppet show with Darth Vader and Drax as they talk about coronavirus and in only a way a six-year-old could in a kind of a hauntingly depressing rendition of wow. coronavirus and like what its effect on children is right now. <laughs> like seriously, like it's some of the things that they come up with, you're like, that's huh, that's really dark. depressing. You are dark. It's called coronavirus, man. Yeah. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. <laughs> Literally everywhere. It was great. And the second one, he does a little action figure roundup where he talks about all uh, a bunch of his different action figures. Well, I tell you, I wish. So I'm I'm gonna try to get my children involved with this, but they just aren't as open. Like Grant is my middle son is is open and goofy, but as soon as you put something in front of him, like a camera or anything like that, he just he like freezes up and isn't serious enough. Like you can be goofy, I get that, but. He just isn't serious enough to make like a coherent right. video. But he's then, still pretty young. And then there's Grady, who is older than like one year older than Cash, and he's so serious that he will literally stare at you blank faced and just like like super serious face and say, like, what what you want me to do something? What would you like me to say things? And I say, like, yeah, like, you know, talk about your toys or, you know, talk about what you're doing. Why would I ever do that? (laughs) He's, like, so overly serious. And it doesn't make for great videos. So I need to, tomorrow, 
um, on my day off, I'm going to test this and I'm going to give them the video camera and say, or my phone and say like record whatever you want, do whatever you want. Just uh, the only, uh, like don't, a bit of, uh, advice or whatever I give for cash is I said, try and keep them under five minutes. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I told him to talk about, um, well, I told him to talk about whatever he wanted, really. So I just told, I told him to try and keep them under five minutes. That's the only thing. Yeah. Because I don't want to do a lot of editing. No, I don't. So that, that was all there at is. At all, either. I would love to have my daughter do it because she's super cute. Yes. But uh, she just wants and to do like, makeup tutorials. We could do those. That's all she wants to do. Snarf talk That's all makeup. she cares about is makeup. That's weird. And dresses. Like such a girl. Very, very girly. That's weird. It's fine. She shouldn't be. So anyway, that was a little bit of that. Check out Snarf Talk Juniors on YouTube.com slash Snarf Comics. Playlist is Snarf Talk Juniors. Um, I had uh, two other pieces of news. Some of I, them are probably overlapping. Yes. Big, big news came out. Huge. Um, HBO Max is releasing. Is that the news you're talking no, about? No, not yeah. at all. HBO Max is came out and said they are re- uh, releasing on launch with the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. Of Justice League. The Snyder Cut of Justice League has been petitioned to be out for like two years now. Right. Like there has been hundreds of thousands, if not like millions of people asking for this cut of the movie. And what it is basically is that when they were making Justice League about halfway through or so, or a little more than halfway through, Zack Snyder had some personal family issues, um, some tragic issues actually. He had to leave production. Um, at that point, the studio took that as a cue to scrap the entire movie he was and making. redo it. And redo it with Josh Whedon. Um, and they didn't do it well. No. <laughs> uh, but the, the Snyder Cut has always failed. been rumored to be amazing because it takes a completely different direction. So they have sunk a fresh $20 million into it because the Snyder Cut was assembled but never rendered. Yeah, it was basically put together. The graphics right? were never completed. Um, I mean, it's there, but there's no CGI. Okay. So they so basically that, had to re-render a bunch of it. Yeah. I'm guessing that this cut that they have, because there's no way for $20 million they'd be able to finish rendering all the CGI. My guess is what they did was they kind of meshed what they had existing with right. new scenes that kind of changed the storyline. So do you think um, they had talked about prior that... Uh, the Green Lantern Corps was going to be involved with this. Yeah, I believe that is... You think that's going to happen? I don't know if that's on the table for this. I, I think that would... I don't know. $20 million is a lot of money. <laughs> yes, it is a lot of to money. To make a 10-minute scene. You know the what I mean? The Army Corps of Engineers will not spend like 3 to $4 million for a project that I need done. <laughs> so this $20 million, yeah. that's a lot of money. So anyway, I'm excited about it. I know there's a lot of back and forth. I've been jumping on... Uh, Instagram to a lot of people that we follow that have been doing some uh, Instagram lives talking about this issue and they're being very negative about it. And my really, position, yeah, everybody's being negative about why? it. Why everybody wanted this well, the to movie happen? Sucked, and why are we going back? Let's move forward. And my point is, and so I, I, I comment, I comment on them. I say, uh, literally, more is better. Give me, give me yeah, all of it. Everything you could ever imagine in the comic book world. Give it to me. Right. I want every off cut. I want everything that was thrown away. Let me decide. Exactly. Put it out there to us. If we don't like it, I'll tell you after I watch the the show. Or I won't, and I will move on with my life. 
Because exactly. I've only yeah. invested an hour or two. Exactly. I never commented on anything. But, I mean, so many people have wanted this to happen over the last few years that I am baffled at anyone saying they that it's dumb. Because it's literally had a petition. Yeah, it's not out. dumb. And it's and, no, I'm excited it's about it. And I'm pretty excited. All right, next big topic. Yeah, no, that's huge. The biggest one. Uh, the biggest one. Uh, a little guy and a friend of the podcast... Named yeah. Joe Rogan. A personal friend of the podcast yeah. will probably have him on after Aaron Neville. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, especially now that we have had Aaron Neville on. For sure. Why wouldn't Joe Rogan be on our show, you know? So he uh, signed a little bit of a deal. An exclusive deal yeah. with Spotify for his podcast and all the video the video too that's the huge gone off youtube gone off all that and this is a big deal a because joe rogan said he would never do it uh basically but you know i I think it's great i'm all for it Mm, i'm not no no first off i don't i don't like spotify me neither i'm not a huge fan although if you're listening on spotify as a 10 percent of our audience does uh (laughs) thank you yeah, no, it, it has nothing to do with like how the, the podcast is still going to be one hundred percent free. I understand this that. is not a paid premium Spotify. Thing. No, I get that, and I in the video, I just don't think will be to the standard of YouTube. I don't know how uh, video. I don't works even know where you, you get the video. I don't either. I, that, that's I think what I'm he's going to lose a lot of vi- visibility on the video world. But here's the deal: it was I, that's the way I. It was over a hundred million dollar deal over yeah. several years. They didn't say how many years, but hundred. Millie. Which is not surprising. Um, his podcast, and I, don't quote me if this isn't perfect, but um, 160 to 180 million downloads per episode. Yes. I, I heard 160 to 190, but either way, it doesn't matter. Like per episode we're talking about. And there's like four or five a week. Um, this is the most popular piece of media entertainment in, in the, the history of media. Yeah, in the world right now. Is like that insane to you? That he, Absolutely, this is the, I did not know it was to that oh, quantity. I, I, I knew of it was that big, but I didn't. I didn't think it was almost two hundred million people. I mean, how many people are, are in the United States? I mean, think about it this way: three hundred million. If you have advertisers that are willing to pay even a penny, let's per, say ten cents, ten cents for visibility on that show, ten cents per episode for some kind of visibility. All right, on one hundred and sixty million. Views, that would yeah. be uh, $16 million per episode in revenue. Yes. And 10 cents is not much. Um, no, I would pay them 10 cents per episode. No, be, no, 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 per listener. Per listener, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Um, anyway, my point is, uh, and I'm sure he makes companies' fortunes, you know, that advertise with him. So that's I know what for I was, a fact that, he does. Yeah, I know he does too, because that's what I was going to bring up, is that every... Like advertisement that I see on Facebook has Joe Rogan involved with it. Yeah. Like there's a, a rubber ring, like one of those like elastic rings that you can wear instead of your regular wedding ring. And there's, um, it's called Alpha Brain. Yeah. That's his company, I think, makes Alpha Brain on it. He owns it? Yeah. Well, he's part owner. In, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, there's like so many things that pop up on Facebook that Joe Rogan is. Is like involved with that 
is just being this, advertised because literally of his name. the biggest media personality probably in the history of mankind. Isn't that... That's crazy. And you know what? And it all stems from fear factor. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, he's really good at what he does. And he makes he a really good entertaining yeah. show. Um, but the that's only the download part. And we're not even talking about YouTube. So he gets about 2 million views per episode. So that's how I mostly... Like take in his See, I podcast never watch it YouTube. on YouTube. I love it. But he gets about two million downloads per episode on YouTube. And then also when he gets like Elon Musk, he got thirteen million. Right. Um huge views. So I mean that's massive revenue on YouTube yeah. as well. So that's gonna be gone. And honestly, he's had a little beef with YouTube for a long time now. So everyone does. Like everyone. I think it's exciting for me. Uh, and it may be a little more of a pain in the ass because I listen through Apple, but the point to me is yeah, that just, it's legitimizing this medium yeah. to a point that you know hasn't been done before but was it's, ready no, to happen. None of it. And listen, listen. It's, the, this is of one this podcast has, out of 900,000. But it doesn't matter. Like one of them has to reach a certain point before all the rest like start following suit. And this one has reached a point where they have taken it so seriously that they're getting contracts like this, so others will follow suit. You're, you're you know talking what I mean? about like, numbers per episode. They're that they're, that are is bigger than every single show on every network on primetime television. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is like the best airing show every single year, and it has never come close to 190 ne- million people. It comes to like 19 million. Exactly, like. That's what I'm saying. Like, how many people are in the United States? 350 million ish. So you're talking over 50%. Well, but it's worldwide. There's 7 billion people on the I, earth. I'm, I know. And I'm only saying that we're talking about the United States. And we're over 50% of the United States are paying attention to Joe Rogan. Well, I mean, a lot of those people from other countries. I know that. But I'm saying, like, if you only took it down to 300 million, you're over 50%. Right. I understand it's worldwide, but not the entire world has the internet either. Well, come on. No. Like most of it does. No. Yeah, most of the world has internet. I struggled to get internet moving out of Mazan. Well, I mean, the United States is far behind in the internet game. To who? To Europe. One time I was in the middle of Ethiopia like 10 years ago standing in a field, and I had... Five bars of LTE. How's that possible? Before I could even get it in Mazan, Illinois. I don't even know how that's possible. It's weird. That the United States sucks for internet. Anyway, regardless, Joe Rogan. That's big government. Big deal. <laughs> yes. Fucking Jerry Taft. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Um, so what I have right now is that uh, there's a possible new ghostwriter. We talked about this already. It's going to be on Apple. No. No, this is a different one. Oh, Ghost Rider, not Ghost Writer? Yeah, Ghost Rider. Oh, I thought you were talking about Ghost Rider, which they're remaking on Apple. I understand that. Like the PBS show. This is like the comic book character, Ghost Rider, Marvel comic book guy. So in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they had Robbie uh, Reyes. Yeah, he's a great character. The third iteration of... The Ghost Rider character. The best iteration. Um, he's very, very good. I agree. But they... So what they're predicting 
It, none of this is like set in stone. It's just like all talk. But what they're predicting is that like the Robbie Reyes character is done with Agents of Shield. They're going to restart it though, and they're saying that like um, in the new Doctor Strange movie, they're going to tie it in to a Ghost Rider. Okay. The first iteration with Johnny Blaze. And do you know who they're predicting to be Ghost Rider? Nick Cage. Nope. I don't know. No, he was already one. (laughs) I don't know. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. So apparently... But isn't he in the Eternals? So Kevin Feige has went on record and said that every Marvel movie that they're doing, they've ran in front of Keanu Reeves to try to get him involved with it. And he loves Ghost Rider. I could totally see that. He's never, because of the motorcycle thing. Yeah. He loves motorcycles. Yeah, he's he's obsessed horse. with it. Yeah. He has his own company. Like, he wants to be involved with motorcycles. So they've put everything in front of Keanu Reeves every time they come up with new ideas. And he's turned everything down, except for Eternals. And apparently, he was interested in Ghost Rider years I, ago. I could see how they could tie in an Eternals character to Ghost Rider because so he's uh, inhabited with the spirit of a demon, which could be a god. Right. But also, they're going to try to tie that all into the new Doctor Strange movie. So all of that would happen after Doctor Strange 2, like into the, what is it? The multiverse the, of madness. Yeah. Um, while that comes out, they're going to tie Ghost Rider into that. I'm in. Apparently. So I'm in. I'm a huge Ghost Rider fan. Always have I am been. Too. And I've been I a like fan Nicholas of that character Cage. since I was a kid. I didn't care for the movies much, to be honest. I did, but I've been a fan of the comics since I was a kid. Actually, for a long time, it was one of my favorite comics. And honestly, not really story wise as much as just the visuals are were amazing. So I thought it was great. I have uh, one more little piece of news, and that is a show that you really don't care about. Me. Yeah, I don't think you do. Okay. I mean, maybe you do, and I think you'll watch the second season, and that's what I have is that Umbrella Academy. Umbrella oh, yeah. Academy on Netflix. Meh. Is it is, back out? No, it's set for a July release. Okay. Netflix just said that they were going to release the second season in July. I'll, I'll watch it because the end of that season was the what, best part. That was yes. when it ended. Yes. Oh, ah, no. Yeah. No. no, it was better towards the end. It was just really slow. It was really slow and... And very uh, interested it, in itself. I want, Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to be so much better than what it was. And I think it can be. I think they can go in a direction where it's going to be very good. Yeah. And, I mean, the production is there. The money is there. Like, they have the uh, ability to do, like, better. For sure. And I think the second season can do that because the the last couple episodes were good. There's just so much they, they setup that needed to happen. I don't know that there's another way that it could have worked. No, um, you're right. They had and, good characters. They but, just had a lot of setup to do. But you can't deny that the last two episodes weren't good. They were. They, they were like yeah, very no, there good. There was, listen, a lot of episodes were good. Yeah. It's just yes. was slow at times. And, you know, I think... They have more of an opportunity in season two because Absolutely they've gotten a lot of the bullshit out of the way. So that's why I am a little bit more excited for but season they two. Gotta because they got to get rid of Ellen Page. Yeah. She's the worst. She's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> She's 
just so bad. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's a bad actress. I don't think oh, she's do. bad. No, I don't think she is. I just don't think she was good as that character. No, I didn't like it at all. Well, you just hate women. So No, that's not true. No, that's true. Nope. No, we've proven it right now because you said it. Okay. And it's recorded. Now everyone knows. All right. Well, fine. Mm, well. Okay. Gary. Top. Is it that time? 10 90s action movies. Guys, this was one of the hardest lists I had to make. This was a difficult list. I had 22 movies written down on this piece of paper. I could have had 32 movies yeah. listen, listed down on this paper, and I cut it down to 22, and then Chris is like, oh, we're only doing 15, and you know we got to have Patreon. Well, you know what? I mean, that's what we're going to do. It's a top 10. We're so. doing our top 10. If you want to hear our, mm. which is going to be really good, trust me. If you want to hear <laughs> our five honorable mentions, you have to skate on over to patreon.com slash snarfcomics. Be warned, oh. the honorable mentions podcast extra will not come out till next week because we had the thing with Aaron Neville. Right. And he's so, going to be on that Patreon. I don't know about that. but No, he said... Like, if if you have a Patreon involved with this podcast, I will be on it. So we're going to have to recall in, and it'll be a little bit of a deal. But he specifically said, I will 100% be on the beginning of that podcast. For the top, Patreon. for the honorable mentions. Yeah. Okay, so next yeah. week, uh, the honorable mentions that has podcast will come out on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash snarpcomics. At five dollar level a month, you get all of our bonus podcasts, as far as and as well as a bunch of other stuff. And guys, we've been putting out pretty good uh, yeah, bonus listen, podcasts. So. And listen, it's like a double. It's like a double episode a week. But so, they don't come out every week. But no, not every week. But when we have the honorable mentions, it's like getting two podcasts a week. Yeah, basically. it's almost like three hours worth of and, content. And who knows? The honorable mentions sometimes might be your favorite movies on the honorable mentions. It could be. So then you want to hear us talk about those, right? Yeah. Like I I don't have the same likes that you do. Right. And I guarantee you our lists are different. This and I guarantee list you was very difficult. I'm going to have unpopular opinions. Uh me too. But this list was difficult and I think we should start it off. Okay. So what is your number ten, Chris? Uh, all right. Go. This might be a uh a somewhat controversial pick, Jerry. Really? But it's a movie that I love, that I loved watching in the 90s. I love watching now. And I had to give credit where credit is due to one of the greatest B-movie action stars of all time, Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? And I have to go at number 10 with Time Cop. Wow. I did not think that would make your top... Top 10. Time Cop is an absolute classic I cult agree. movie. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme's highest grossing movie of all time. Over $100 million in the box office, by the way. You know what I like? Bloodsport. Well, that's a great one, too. Yeah. Um, it's the second movie to break $100 million worldwide. Um, and it, not only that, but it actually is a really good movie. This is yeah, like no, one of is. the only movies of his that's actually like a super good movie and just happens to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. So I've always been a fan of this ever since I was a middle schooler sitting on Victor Rex Rhodes' couch 
eating entire boxes of Ritz crackers and entire with peanut butter and just watching <laughs> Time Cop. You're eating full tires of peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow. That's incredible. Full tires? It sounded like you said tires. No, I didn't say that. Uh, a jar of peanut butter. Yeah. Box of Ritz crackers. Time cop. Boom. That's all you need. And that's a perfect and 90s. To be evening. 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm a huge fan. Uh, and I have to give, listen, there's some honorable mentions I got that are probably better movies, but there's a little, it's a little bit of a nostalgia pick for me. And, and I that's got, fine. I got to honor perfect. the Van Dam because he ain't going to make the list anywhere else. Let's be honest. He's so. really not. And, and he deserves to be on some list because he's one of the greatest action stars of all time. You know, you're right. And you're right. Um, I like Jean-Claude Van Damme, but um, I wouldn't have put that in the top 10. Okay. You're number 10 then. Again, remember, these are probably unpopular picks for a top 10. But these are Chris and I's picks. My number 10. Speak for yourself. Total Recall. Total Recall. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, Why is that unpopular? I just feel like it's unpopular as number 10. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I feel like more people would pick it higher. Higher. Okay. I think people okay. would pick that higher because it is a classic. People love it's it. It's a, a Paul Verhoeven Movie, same. Yeah, he did a, okay. a little movie called RoboCop as well. Yeah, he did, um, and that was on my top ten for for eighties eighties yeah. action movies. The reason I love it's also a Philip K. Dick story. Did you know that he's great science fiction author extraordinaire? Yeah, big time. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in his prime. That's right, prime nineteen ninety. He was doing the best work he's ever done, and Total Recall. They made a fake head of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and boobs, three boobs. Yeah, there's a three-boob character, but his whole head, his eyes pop out, like his tongue pops out. If you go back and watch it, it's terrible. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it was one of the most expensive movies ever made. It's, did you know that? I didn't know that. No. At the time. At the time. I could yeah. understand that, but I did not know that that was a fact. But I don't know. It's like... He's dreaming about Mars, and then he ends up going to Mars, and they need him to go to Mars. And it's just, it's a really fun movie, and it's, I, I love it. And his name is Douglas Quaid. Yeah. And I love the Quaid family. Anybody in the Quaid family. <laughs> Dennis Quaid love. is the best. Who, what's another Quaid? Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid. Of course, shooter's full. Might make, a, make an appearance on Jerry's list later. All right. Um, yes, I'm also a big fan of Total Recall. That brings me to my number nine, mm-hmm. a little movie called Total Recall. What? Yes. It's your number nine? Yes. Nice. Yes, it is my number nine, and uh, it actually, it was my number eight, but I decided to move it to number nine, because oh. this makes more sense, uh, because it's interchangeable. Um, how can you not love this movie? And you love it as a kid in the 90s, for sure. Yes. It was amazing. I don't know what it would be like to see it as an adult in the 90s. Yeah, I don't know. But it's a, a epic fantasy sci-fi romp. It's one of, probably one of my first experiences, really, with the sci-fi genre. Um, yeah. If I really think about it, in 1990, like what did I have before that? I, I surely hadn't well, seen Aliens before that. In 1990, I was three. E.T., but I wasn't. I was six. No, you were like 14. So, 
Um, it was probably one of my... I, I didn't see it when I was six, obviously. I probably no. saw it when I was 10, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's an amazing movie. We've already talked a bunch about it. Uh, my number nine. It's great. My so, number nine, actually. That was your number nine, but I'm going to Your talk number about nine is My next. number nine right now. But that was my number nine. Yeah, well, it but this was is my yours. number 10. This is your so. number nine. But my number 10 was your number nine, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Um, what was my number nine? Oh, my God. Where is it at? Oh, oh man. So I have Face Off as my number nine. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, it isn't. It is such a good movie. It's a John Woo movie. Yeah, it Everybody is. loves John Woo. I, I don't know if everybody Every loves John Every single person in the United States loves John Woo. And it has Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. That is true. It does have both those, of those two people. people in the '90s. Besides Arnold Schwarzenegger, were on fire. You know, I've they never, had so many movies. Yeah, that I, were good. I love Nick Cage. Obviously, love him. Not a huge fan of Travolta. He was great in this movie. Yeah, he's all right. He was absolutely great. Mm-hmm. They traded faces, Chris. They did trade faces. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Their faces were torn off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut off, if you will, and put on each other. And then they had to act as each other. Could you do that? Could you act as me? No. No, I don't think you no, could. I don't think I could. You don't have the chops <laughs> to act as me. But Nicolas Cage has the chops to act as John Travolta, and John Travolta is okay enough to act as Nicolas Cage. And... I think it's a great movie. It's like a crime thriller action flick, right? Yeah. And it's good. It's my number nine. All right. We'll move on from that. No, watch it. You should watch it. My number eight, Jerry, is a little movie starring President James Marshall. Oh. By, played by Harrison Ford, in a little movie that I saw called Air Force One. That's a good movie. Love that movie. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I could you could still watch that movie today, and he wouldn't know it was made in 1996 or whenever it was made. Also another movie that I saw in theaters when I was about, I don't know, uh, 12 years old, uh, 12 or 13 years old. My parents, I remember going out to the movies that night with one of my friends. My parents specifically telling me, you cannot see an R-rated movie. Going and sneaking into the R-rated movie. You would. And then coming home, and they had friends over, and walking through the kitchen, and my parents saying, what movie did you see? And me saying, Air Force One, and then just continuing to walk to my room. (laughs) You remember all of that? I remember it vividly. Really? Yeah, because we didn't sneak in. That's a lie. We didn't sneak in. The person's... That I went to the movie with, yeah. we went with their parents. Their parents, okay. So I'm like, so that's well, okay. I'm, well, yeah, it was allowed in the movie theater, just not with. Your oh parents. yeah, for sure. So anyway, despite that fact, I still think it's a great movie. I loved it at the time because, as a what did I say, 13 or 14 year old in an R-rated movie, probably the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters for sure. Um, but aside from that, it's a very fun, action-packed, amazing movie. Harrison Ford is the man, obviously, Ugh. and I've been a huge fan of him as a kid ever since, obviously, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, so it was fun to see that. It was fun to see him, and re- until recently in my life, I thought that he was Jack Ryan in that movie, 
I thought not an Air Force One. I thought it was a Jack Ryan movie. It was just President Jack Ryan. I didn't really think about it. No, that's uh, Patriot Games. Well, he's he was Jack Ryan in a bunch of movies. Yeah, might make my list mm, somewhere else. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, that's my number eight. Um. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll go with that. Um. My number eight. Harrison Ford also like after going through a bunch of these movies. And like I said, I had like 22 movies on my list. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford had a ton of movies in the 90s yeah, that, that one, I just that, didn't that realize. That one with Anne Heche. Oh, yeah, that one. Yep. What's that? Like six days, seven nights when they get crashed on an airplane on a deserted island. <laughs> okay. Yes, that is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one that I thought of. Um. Anyway, my number eight right? I'm on eight. Yeah. Is one that we talked about on the last episode. Oh yeah. How's mm-hmm. that possible? Well, because they were talking about making a sequel to this movie, a number two, a demolition man. Oh, demolition man. Number two. That's my number little eight. Wesley Snipes action. Wesley Snipes. A little Sylvester Stallone. Sly Stallone. It's a great movie. It has. Can't argue with this pick. I'm telling you, you're bringing back people out of a frozen slumber. Yeah, cryogenic right? sleep. And you're bringing them back to fight a terrible villain villain in a time frame of where there's like peace, like perfect peace. And there's this one guy that's doing bad things. And Sly Stallone has to come in and make it all right. Yeah. And it's an incredible movie. It's way out of its time, first off. It really was. It was really, really good. Um it's not like if you look at the ratings for it, it's really not rated that well, but it's underrated. I think it is. There's no doubt. I think about it's that. an incredibly underrated movie. And that's why I was so excited about a demolition. It's, and it's demolition fun. man too. It's a fun movie too. That's, that's another great thing about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, d- I don't know what else to say about it. Like other than watch demolition man, if you've never seen it before, because they probably are going to make a second one and they should. Sweet. And this is like Sly Stallone, like in the, like, I don't know, like the upper echelon of his prime, right? Like he's done a lot of things after this. He's directed a lot of things. He's written a lot of things. But in his acting career, I think he's in his prime. Yeah. 93? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right. My number seven, guys, is actually a sequel. Can you imagine a sequel? Being in a top ten. Yeah, that's weird. It's a little movie called Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? I've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a woman. Yeah, we're done. All right. <laughs> um, has nothing to do with that song. Uh, I'm not a huge Eagles fan. If you can believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long fucking day. <laughs> okay. And I don't want to listen to the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, listen, Desperado, uh, aside from the Eagles, amazing movie. Robert Rodriguez, one of my favorite directors of all time. Oh, yeah. Does a bunch of stuff with like Sin City. It's great. Um, yeah, yeah, he does a lot with Sin City, <laughs> turns out. No, I'm a huge Robert Rodriguez fan. Uh, and did he do... The one with, uh, what's that 
little short shorter movie did Death Wish or was it Death Ride, Death Wish with Kurt Russell. Yeah, Death Wish. It was part of the Grindhouse movie set. Death Wish. Yep. Great movie. Um anyway, Robert Rodriguez, uh sequel to El Mariachi, which wasn't nearly as well known as Desperado was the big one. And then they did Once mm-hmm. Upon a Time in Mexico, which is amazing too as well. But um listen, it doesn't get better than this. It doesn't get better than this movie, except for the other six I have above it. <laughs> right. No, I mean, Antonio Banderas at one of his finest, uh, super fun action. One of those first movies, like of the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino age, that just gets insanely violent. Amazing. Yeah, it is. There you go. I like it. Desperado. Oh, man. My number seven. Um, I don't, I, d- I never know what you're going to think about, about my picks. And honestly, I don't care about what you think of my picks, but other people might think of them as laughable. I pick a lot of things based off of nostalgia. Okay. I always tell you that. Mm-hmm. And I say it with every single pick. Like, this is a nostalgia pick. This movie came out in 97. I was 10 years old. Okay. Okay. And I watched this movie so much. I watched it so many times. Mm-hmm. And I loved it every single time. And it also starred Nicolas Cage. Okay. Take a guess. Um, well, you already did Face Off. You don't treat women like that. Con Air? Fucking Con Air. <laughs> oh, no. I love it. Steve Buscemi's in that too. Right? I know he's really good, and he—it's not a bad movie. Actually, that's what I was gonna get at. Is Steve Buscemi comes in? He's like the really bad guy, and he's because he gets off the plane, goes over, and he's like hiding out um, in these people's like uh, backyard, and he starts like holding this little girl by her pool. It's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. You don't know what he's gonna do. Like you've already known that he's a really bad guy, and then all of a sudden they start singing. You've got the whole world in his hands, and he's holding this child. It's, it's like disturbing at it's the very, time, yeah. and you're like, is he going to murder this child? Because you assume he would do that because of how bad they've already like propped him up to be. And then this other bad guy, Nicholas Cage or Cameron Poe, you think he's the bad guy, but he ends up saving the plane, saving all these people. He's a good guy because he was in the army before this. Just like Joe Exotic. He was like, you know, I mean, Nicolas Cage can be a good Joe Exotic, but... <laughs> because of this role. That's why he can be Joe role. Exotic. I, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. I loved it. I watched it all the time. I think it's really great. It's a fun movie. It actually is a pretty good movie. They're, I'm not going to disagree with you. Oh, who's this other guy? Um, oh, Michael sh- Clark Duncan? Wasn't he well, in it? yeah, he's in it too. But there's the other guy that was the cop. And I can't remember who it was. Let me see. Everybody will know him when I find out who it is. Oh, shoot. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie, by the way. But I don't know. This is when Nicolas Cage was like on John fire. John Cusack? Yes. John Malkovich? John Cusack's in it. Oh, John Malkovich is in it. In it. Ving uh, Rames, not uh, Michael Clark Duncan. It was Ving Rames. Sorry. Right. Danny Trejo. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, Dave Chappelle's Dave in Chappelle's it. Dave Chappelle's in it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tons of people are in this movie, and it is 
so good. It grossed over $224 million on a production budget of $75 million. Yeah, well, it tells you how It's it not was. a bad movie, definitely at all. I loved it. It's on my top 10. It will always be in my top 10 for 90s movies because it is so good. Um, perfect. Well, what number was that for you? I'm Se- sorry. Seven. Seven. So my number six, Terry. Yes. Oh, this is one where I might get a depart. And okay, I want to throw something out there uh, real quick because when I was talking about Desperado, it jumped in my mind. Um, like Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, well, I based my list off of IMDb, just how we did it for the 80s movies. I based the 90s movie list off the top 100 IMDb, IMDb movies. And then so I, you didn't base it off of like what you like? No, no, no. I looked at the top 100 and I picked my top 10 out of that on my own. Oh, yeah. Good idea. But... um. You know, I looked at it and I don't I didn't put any Quentin Tarantino movies on my top ten because I don't really consider them action movies. Right. And there is a specific like I don't know, there's like a specific thing that we considered action movies, right? Yeah. Like there's a So I don't know why, but like Quentin Tarantino movies to me don't feel like action movies. So no, I didn't throw not. them on my list. Like Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies of all time. Jackie Brown is one of my favorite movies of yeah, all time. Yeah, but they're not action. Yeah. No. So I didn't throw them on, but I thought that was odd when I started to think about it because I threw a Robert Rodriguez movie on, which is very similar to Quentin Tarantino movie. But anyway. To a point. That. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. We'll do we already did a Quentin Tarantino list. At one time in this podcast, but we could always... It wasn't an official We list. can do an official one. Um, anyway, my number six mm-hmm. is a movie that a lot of people might not even remember, honestly. It came out in 1999. It had uh, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube in it. Three Kings. Yep. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm not even shitting about that really it's a spike jones movie and yeah. it isn't during the iraq war and they're like basically on a heist to steal yeah, a bunch I of gold that war yeah but it was the first one. Oh, okay desert storm oh yeah that and was before me they were on a heist to steal gold from one of saddam hussein's bunkers yeah um like for most of my young life up until probably i was in college this was one of my favorite movies of all time and probably even Still is. It still is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. So I had to throw it on. A, it's not really, I don't know if it's really an action movie, although I think it is. Yes, it is. Um, absolutely unbelievable movie that I think a lot of people probably haven't seen. I have. Yeah, so I think you should go out of your way to check out it's Three good. Kings. George it's George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. And Ice Cube. And Ice Cube, all three of them work very well together in this movie. They are. It's kind of an. I think it was like an independent movie, but grossed 107 million dollars on a 48 million dollar budget. Spike Jones obviously is a huge director. Yeah. Um, he did like a lot of movies. What's one that's jumping in my head that Spike Jones did? Spike Jones. I know he did Where the Wild Things Are, but I think he did, uh, yeah, he did Being John Malkovich. He did Adaptation, which is one of my favorite movies of all time with Nicolas Cage. Mm. Um, have you ever seen Adaptation? I have. Oh, I love that movie. And I've seen won- basically everything Nicolas Cage has He won an Academy Award for that movie. Um, anyway, he, he did Her, too, with Joaquin Phoenix. He did. Uh, anyway, so Three Kings, great movie. George Clooney, loved it. That's my number six. 
my number six is not anywhere close to yours, but it's another nostalgia pick. Because that's what I do. I pick movies that I remember from the 90s that I watched all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're things that I love. Like, these are movies that I love. And this involves Keanu Reeves. Okay. Do you know what movie that would be? Um, Point Break. Speed. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I get it. No, it's fine. It's probably I, not. I actually wrote it down here. It just, you'll it's have to probably see it not comes. most people's top 10 for action movies. Like, it's not necessarily like. The it actually best. just made me, all that made me think about is the fact that Point Break isn't on my list. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Um, <laughs> what a great movie, though. So I get it's not like something you would acclaim as the best acting in the world. No, sure, you wouldn't. But Nick, or, uh, Keanu Reeves is phenomenal. Because it's early in his career and he's doing a like as much as he possibly can to Come be on. as good as That's he can. That's a Sandra Bullock movie. Sandra Bullock is Sandy the, the best. Yes. Sandy I, yeah. Bullock is the one driving the bus, folks. Yeah. And if great. you don't know, they have to keep it above fifty miles an hour, fifty five miles an hour, or they'll all blow up. Spoilers. That's nerve wracking. Yeah. It, no, it is. There's tension there. And then there. Keanu Reeves is like busting open hatches in the bottom of the bus, hanging underneath. He's fighting that one guy. I think Jeff Daniels is the bad guy. I don't remember. I think he is. No, Dennis Hopper. Freaking Dennis Hopper is a bad guy. You mean Dennis Hopper from Waterworld? All the time. Walter, oh, don't even get me started on Waterworld because Waterworld is one of my favorites. That's Was that a 90s movie? Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's not on my list. No. And I should have put it on my list. Yeah. The Postman's not on my list either. So we're going to have to redo this. <laughs> no, keep going. It's fine. <laughs> so anyway, Dennis Hopper is like the ultimate bad guy. Every time you see him, even if he's acting as a good guy, you assume he's the bad guy. He looks like a bad guy. He is a bad guy in this movie. And Keanu Reeves defeats him. Because he's the best. And Sandy Bullock, Annie, her name is in the movie, um, knows how to drive a freaking bus, man. That's right. I love speed. Watch speed right now. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with my number five, which is another one that... Top five. Yeah, top five here, folks. Uh, Here's a film that a lot of people might not even remember or think about. Um, but it is a, a 1998 uh, action thriller directed by the younger brother of Sir Ridley Scott, Mr. Tony Scott, a uh, famous director, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer because it's the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, starring a little uh, a fledgling star called Will Smith. Oh. And also a veteran actor called Gene Hackman. Is this... Enemy of the State? You're correct, sir. It is. Enemy of the State. Uh, John Voight, Lisa Bonet. Oh, John Voight. Great, oh, great movie. I have loved this movie ever since I was a kid. I have. It's been always in like my top 10 or 20 movies of all time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I gravitated towards this movie that everybody else in the world forgot. but No, I didn't forget it. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I think it was... First of all, it was one of the first. First, Will Smith is fantastic in it. As Honestly, he is in Will Smith all of his is movies. a phenomenal yes, actor. He really is great in all movies. And this, I think, was probably post Independence Day, which was probably his big yeah, break. Yeah, it right? was. Yeah, um, but it was. 
you know, and this is Gene Hackman is amazing in this movie as well. Freaking Gene so Hackman. good. I just absolutely love this movie. And I see it on TV now and I stop and watch the entire thing. Yeah. If I see it like on TBS. Yeah, that's where you're going to see yeah. it. <laughs> um, USA. Enemy of the Estate. Uh, absolutely love it. That's my number five. My number five is a, again, like all of my picks are things that I have enjoyed in my childhood and remember watching uh, from the 90s. Like the 90s were something that I grew up in, right? So, like that's those are the movies that I remember are from the 90s. So they may be different than like critically acclaimed movies. This movie I picked as number five because it was like the modern day James Bond okay. to me. And I watched... Mission Impossible. Oh, well, that's not James Bond. It is. It's like the modern dames, like the modern day. You know, there was James Bond movies all through the 90s. I, I understand Do you know that. a little guy named, uh, what's his name, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. No, I get a it. A little movie called Goldeneye. I understand. We'll get to that. The Maybe world is later. not enough. I'm saying like it's a modern day United States version of James Bond. Like it was a newer take on a character similar to that. Plus, I mean, Tom like a Cruise, CIA agent. That guy's dreamy. Like a, a thriller that had to do with crime and, a, you know, a secret agent type person. It was a new take on what that. Was the, it was different a, than James Bond. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, no, it's James no, Bond. No, that's James uh, Bond. What is this? What is the... Da, da, da. No, that's James yeah, Bond. Too. No, no. I think you're on it. Do, do. No, that's James Bond. What's the song for Mission Impossible? No, Come on. You were on it. Like, uh, it's. Bum, bada, bum, bum, bum. No, that's James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> quit, doing, quit doing the same song. Quit doing the bum, bada, bum, bum. Yeah. It's a. Uh, oh, shoot. I don't know. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt hanging from Thing wires. Rings. Hanging from wires from a ceiling. Simon Pegg. So he doesn't trip the, the lasers. Yeah. You know, while he's trying to grab the thing, whatever it was in the room. And it's awesome. There's been so many Mission Impossible movies. I get it. But the first one came out in 96. It set a standard for action, thriller, like, you know, cop movies, like secret agent movies. Absolutely. That I feel like it needed to be recognized. And, and yeah, Tom Cruise. Right in the middle of his career, perfect. I think he was perfect as the character. And the newest one that came out, like Ghost Protocol, I think was the newest one. It's really good. That They're all good, That dude. dude's like 55, almost 60 years old, and he's doing things that nobody's ever even thought of in movies. He broke his ankle while trying to jump across buildings, like shattered his ankle, and that's the take they used in the movie. And now he's talking about making a movie in space. I love Tom Cruise, and I will marry him. <laughs> Mission Impossible number five. All right, number four for me. This is going to be right up your alley, Jerry, because <laughs> this is a little movie starring Nicolas Cage. I hope it's the same one that I have. Um, and starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Sean Connery. Maybe. There's a little line called, Your best losers always whine about their best. 
Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. (laughs) The fucking rock. The The rock. rock. My number four. I love this movie. (laughs) Couldn't get enough of this movie. Yes. 1996. Um, I mean, come on, dude. Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery breaking into Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Getting in there trying to stop. Uh, the whole like nuclear holocaust basically, or they're trying to they're shooting off that like Ed Harris was in carcinogen. Ed Harris is amazing. Um, sympathetic villains, come on! This movie, this movie has everything. Yeah. Jerry. Hot shingles, you say? <laughs> uh, no, I actually uh, absolutely love this movie. J- FBI director James Womack. Well, we're gonna keep talking about it because The Rock is my number four movie as well. Oh my God. That's <laughs> joking. Insane. The Rock, 1996, absolutely my number four movie. I love this is uh, like the second to last movie that uh, Sean Connery ever made. The really? last one he ever made was um, something, Gentlemen. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. The League love of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a very good movie. You want to know what's amazing? Uh, the Rock was uh, directed by Michael Bay. Did you know that? Of Transformers I, fame? I didn't know that. Um, also, oh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, no, I just, I love this movie. Come on. Um, yeah, the Pentagon and the FBI develop a plan to retake the island with a U.S. Navy SEAL team. It grossed over $335 million, Jerry. Holy crap. 335.1 million on a budget of 75 million. Yeah. That's incredible. June 7th, 1996. This is a great movie. Ed Harris only demanded $100 million in ransom for not shooting the gas into San Francisco. Yes. But the movie made $300 million. They could have just turned over some of the profits from the movie to stop the whole And it whole would have plot. been all over. Duh. Yeah. Why didn't they do that? Seriously, guys. But Nicolas Cage. Acts his ass off in this movie. Sean Connery, the whole that's oh, I know, but I mean, but Nicolas Cage like diving across that. It's like a watchtower or a bell tower where they had the missiles with all those little green balls of gas. Yeah, and he's diving across there to try to grab these glass balls of gas, and he does. He like actually gets them. Spoilers. Um, it's such a good movie. I've watched this like forty-seven times, probably. Yeah, no joke. It's very good. It's also my number four. Now you can do your number three. My number three is a little movie that we've already talked about, Jerry. Really? You didn't put it low enough because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. High enough, you mean? Yes, high enough. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's one of the greatest 90s action movies of all time. Total Recall. That? No, I already said Total Recall. I said it. So did I. Did you? Yeah, it was my number nine. Oh, it was right after I This movie okay. is Mission Impossible. Oh, I just um, was talking about it. It's my number five. Yeah, it is my number what three. Were three. three. Um, I love this movie. Always love this movie. Brian De Palma uh, directed Tom Cruise. It's got uh, it's got uh, Simon Pegg in it. Yeah. It's got Ving Rhames in it. Yeah, Simon Pegg's in all of them, and he's phenomenal. He's great. It's just so... Interesting and fun and action, but also suspense and drama and mystery. And don't you think it's, it's set up a whole new, like, level of a new paradigm? Movie? 
Uh, for sure. Mission Impossible 3. Oh, that's oh. a good movie. That's What's J.J. That Abrams, um, one of his first movies, right? And Metallica did the... The single for that, I disappear. Yeah, and also it had uh, what's the dude's name and the bad guy. It's I don't amazing care. In it. I don't care. We're talking right. about Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible One set the whole thing about uh, out. Uh, Ethan Hunt, great, pulls the mask off, fantastic, hangs from the ceiling, amazing. And to um, be honest, I love fan. every single one of these movies. I watch them every time they come out. Correct. They're very good. They're entertaining. It's like. The epitome of action movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like uh, if Jack Reacher was good. Exactly. (laughs) 100%. You're right. I like the Jack Reacher movies, but these are way better. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's my number three. What's your number three? My number three is going to coincide with an 80s movie I picked. Um, And I think it was my number one. But this happens to be... The second installment. Mm, interesting. That. And it's Predator 2. Predator 2 is your number Fucking a three buddy. movie. I love Predator. This is it's always going to be in my top. travesty of no, it mankind isn't. right here. Danny Glover acts his ass off. Gary Busey is in it. Mm-hmm. Gary Busey is a national treasure because he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And there is a predator involved in L.A. I think it's L.A. I don't remember. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes, that's Danny Glover in this movie. Um, I love it. It's predator like killing people in a city, and Danny Glover is the old cop that doesn't want to do it. Like he's all worn out. He's really sweaty all the time, and. He, he solves, like, the whole deal. Like, he understands it's an alien race. He figures out that they've landed in the city, and it's awesome. I love Predator 1, and I love Predator 2. All right. And it's my number three, and I don't care what you think. Let's move on from that uh, terrifying pick of a... Come on. This is 90s we're talking about. There's way better shit to pick than that. I mean, I agree with you that there are better movies that have been made in the 90s. But we're talking about our own top tens, mm-hmm. and my top ten has Predator Two as number three. All right, number two for me is a little movie starring Keanu Reeves. Keanu, and yeah. it's called The Matrix. Oh, no kidding! Do they make clothes in The Matrix? Do they sell clothes in The Matrix, Jerry? Yeah, they do. You got them. Yeah, um, <laughs> this was a game changer for Big me, time. for the world, for cinema. For culture, for everything. Yeah. The Wachowskis brought this... Uh, the Wachowski sisters. Sisters brought this uh, vision. And there's a new one coming. Matrix 4. With uh, with Keanu. And guess what? I love the sequels, too. I loved all of them. I really have I liked well. all of them. Yep. I like the Animatrix a lot. The animated Matrix uh, yeah. shorts that they did. Um, I dove hard into the Matrix universe. I'm excited to see more of it, although I feel like I've been so distant from it now that it's going to take some getting back into. But it still holds up, guys. It still so. holds up as a movie. It really, really holds up. I don't think it'll take much to get back into, to be honest with you. Like, once you get in that world again and you see um, people getting plugged in. Yeah, like, just see the like a similar movie i think you'll you'll fit right into it right away as long as they're in the same tone i just think it was a it was 
I mean, they went off the rails a little bit. Like, it Ish. went a little bit yeah. stranger than it should have. Like the celebration scene in the city. Uh, right. What's, What's the city the called? Like, they remember. have a big party. Yeah, it's weird. Zion. Zion, yeah. Um, anyway, I think this this movie right here marked a complete change in cinema. I completely agree. They filmed it differently. They did, like, whole scenes. By the way, The Matrix is also my number two. Okay. Um, we have the identical number twos and number fours. Weird. Yeah. Um, it's written on paper though. Like this is not fake. This no, it's real. It's real. The matrix is something that has changed all of cinema from the time it was made. And it, it really, it, it really honestly has. And there's nobody that could argue that. Like the it, only thing before that, that changed the game, like Everything else was Star Wars. But to the point that this did, I don't even think Star Wars did. I don't think Star Wars changed Oh yes, it did. filming the way The Matrix did from like that point on. I don't think it did. Well, I think Star Wars changed everything in cinema. I think Matrix did as well. It just didn't hold on to that lightning in a bottle as well. And then I think like Avatar was another one that jumped out and changed things. But I think there's a difference in saying like, a movie changed cinema and then a movie changed cinematography, like how you actually film movies. Well, Star Wars definitely changed both of those things. But so did The Matrix. The Matrix Matrix in, more did with uh, special effects and cinematography. Yeah. Changed that aspect, less so the story aspect of how stories well, are. They, it didn't change yeah. anything with story, but I was saying like the way they filmed that movie had never been done before, ever. Like nobody filmed that way, and I remember it being such a big deal about that. Like, it was basically like bullet time animation where it was, it like was, a it was CGI. It was like one of the first. But they had three sixty cameras that moved yeah. around, and you know, it was a big deal. It had mocap. It was a big yes. deal. Yeah, it was awesome, and I want to be the one. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's great. We're on to your number one. My number it, one. Oh, my God. Already. It's like, definitely the same as your number one. I can tell you that. You think um, so? Yeah, for sure. It's a little movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called T2. Terminator, Terminator 2, 2 Judgment, Judgment Day. Day is, is also my number one. One of the best movies ever made. And it is definitely the best action movie of the 1990s. I completely agree. And um, if you don't believe that if you you need drinking the juice you need to go back and watch it and realize that that funny little arnold schwarzenegger movie that you watched as a kid is way better than you is way better than you remember way deeper than you remember and way more amazing and world building than you could ever imagine and it's way better than the first one like oh yes so different and there's been a lot of good ones since um yeah I actually really particularly liked uh, Terminator Genesis, the one with Christian Bale. Was that Genesis? No, that was... Um, oh, shoot, that wasn't Genesis. The one that everybody hated. No, I agree with you. I liked it a lot, too. I always liked that movie. Um, but for T2, Judgment Day, like I watched that movie, again, like so many times in the 90s as a kid, which I think about now is weird. Salvation, sorry. Like, I think that's weird. Like That movie was so deep, so heavy, so... Um, adult oriented adult oriented yeah and I was watching it as a kid all the time all the time I was watching that and I loved it 
And like, if I were to try to play that for my kids right now, they wouldn't even understand it. But I don't know. It was like, I guess it was just a different time. And I love that movie. Like I was attached to, um, the Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Um, I was attached to him and I thought he was like, like, uh, what would it be? An antihero, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Is he an antihero? And then, I mean, there's just so many things that you follow him along the movie, him and John Connor, and then by the end of it, you know, with the thumbs up, going through the magma, the molten steel. Yeah. It's just, like, very, like, involved, and I was, like, emotionally involved. the, The Mandalorian, kind of. When? At the end, when the... Did he do a thumbs up? The droid is in the... Yes. I don't know if he does a thumbs up, but he, he does doesn't something. do a thumbs up, but he's in the, yeah, he's in the lava like river. Yeah. And he dies. Well, yes. whatever. Irregardless. Um, it set up a world that Come with me if you want to live. is great and deep. And um, James Cameron, sh- man. I need your shoes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Yeah. Or clothes. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. It's- and he shoves a. Cigar in his chest, and it doesn't even bother him. Another uh, complete groundbreaker in as far as special effects are done. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because you've got the liquid metal man, the T2000. Yeah, you got to understand the special effects in this movie. Um, I'm, what year they did used, this come out? Um, they used Mercury. 1994, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Uh, 1991, this movie came out. Holy All right. smokes. So the the effect of the liquid metal... They used mercury on a pool table and blew it around with a hairdryer. Yeah, this is one of the first real special effects. They also did the one with like the hollow man, like the water person. It was one of the first special effects. Okay, so the movie that brought CGI and groundbreaking special effects like to the mainstream in a big way was... Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Right. Right. So before that... the but that re- was 2001. No. Well... Yeah, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, that was 2001. I don't 2001. think it was 2001. Or was it 99? I think it was 99. Okay, either way, 8 to 10 Listen, years Listen, that's later. what I'm saying. This is the predecessor. This was like the... Um, yeah, 99 for Phantom Menace. That was where okay, we blew eight, up eight years full-scale CGI into a movie. Yeah. Um, they had full scale characters, everything. This early CGI T two was one of, on the innovation. This was at the very beginning. This was James Cameron, yeah, at the very front end of this, and um, mind blowing at the time. Yeah, at the time it was incredible. You hadn't seen anything like it. And again, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like in his prime, doing what he does. And honestly, uh, Sarah Connor, what's uh, that lady's name? The lady who acted... Linda Hamilton? Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes, yeah. Linda Hamilton. She was great because she's coming from a point of view where she lived with a Terminator before, but he was the bad guy. And she's trying to overcome the fact that like he's not going to destroy everything she's ever known. And she has to work with something that she knew killed everybody, but has to work with him to save her son. And it's just like wild. I don't know. The whole movie's wild. It's really good. It's dark. Um, 
Everything about it is good. If you've never seen Terminator 2, you are missing out on something that is incredible. And honestly, I don't feel like you need to see the first one. No, all you, you, need to you know, absolutely do not. All you need to know is that the first one had Arnold Schwarzenegger as the bad guy. If you have to think Arnold Schwarzenegger is the, is the bad guy at the beginning of this movie, and then you are caught up. So if you want to get a, a, a timeline of computer animation in film. No. All right. I mean, did anybody ask for that? No, I think it's a big deal. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Uh, Terminator 2 in 1991 was the first realistic human movements of a CGI character. First partially computer-generated main character. Um First movie to feature morphing effects and the first use of personal computer to create major movie 3D effects. So it's the first. Yeah, it really is. The only is. thing really before that um, in the same year was Backdraft and they had CGI Fire. Yeah. And then RoboCop 2. Uh, oh. oh. Digital puppetry. Freaking love RoboCop 2. And Die Hard 2 had a manipulated matte painting. So this at this nothing. time, James Cameron was married to Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So after that, it, these are your, like Terminator Two is the beginning, and then uh, Jurassic Park is what sets it, yeah, you know, blows it out of the water. Yep. And that was in 1993. So, yeah, pretty much Terminator Two. That's where it's at. Number is one is the best action movie of the 90s. For uh, sure, guys. That's where it's at. So we have five more uh, that we are going to do. On a Patreon exclusive. And guys, um, these five that I have left on my list are worth listening to. They're I tell you what, there's really five good. that are probably going to be argued. And you know what? Like most of these five should have been on my top ten. Yeah. I don't know you what know to what? do. We'll do we'll do ten honorable mentions each. How about that? Bonus. Okay. On I Patreon. Agree. I agree. But it'll be out next week. Right, hang on. Let me count. Make sure I got them. Because I thought I had 22. One, two, three, um, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Here's what we'll do. We'll do 10. T- we'll do our top. I got them. We'll do 10 more honorable mentions. But we won't talk about ones that were on this list. Like Speed was on. It would have been on my not not f- top five honorable mentions. Would have been in there. We're not going to talk about it. Okay, because it was on my top 10. Because it was on your top 10. So if any of my, your honorable mentions were on my top 10, we won't talk about them. Okay, and I also, like Enemy of the State, I had it on my yeah. honorable mentions. And I had um, I had Demolition Man on my honorable mentions as well. Well, that was stupid. So I have, I'll have i have eight honorable mentions, and you'll have nine. No, I'll probably have eight. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so what are we moving into what you're watching? Do we have time or no? Um, hang on. Let me get out of the screen and I will tell you. Yeah, we've got 30 minutes. All right. We don't want to go 30 minutes, but I got two things that I've been watching. Do you have anything? I'm trying to think because I really don't. Okay. Well, it's fine. I don't believe I have anything new that I've watched. I've watched. Oh, I have one thing. One thing. That's it. Well, I actually just thought of something last. Uh, There was the season finale of Dave. I have not watched it. Oh my god, it's so good. I've I've caught up to it's the season so, finale, but I haven't watched the season finale. The season finale of Dave is amazing. 
Dave is the best show on TV this year. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many times I get to tell you fucking people to go watch Dave. <laughs> no, I agree. It's I mean, I joke. haven't even seen the season finale yet, and I would agree with you on all aspects of that. That Hi, I'm Dave. I'm a little dicky. Hi, Hi I'm, I'm Dave. Dave. Who's Dave? Hi, I'm Dave. I'm a little dicky. It's so good. Little Dicky is an incredible character. Dave is an incredible person because that is a real person. Oh, I don't so care. Amazing. You He's... can if you go and watch this show, and then you look him up on YouTube or any like look him up on the internet, like I did, because I was curious as to see like if this show was accurate. Yeah. If it was like a real thing. Yeah. And it. Is one hundred percent a real person? Dave Bird is a real man that acts the exact same way in real life as he does in this show. I'm and pretty you sure will this find is just a straight YouTube. up. Like this is what happened in his life. It, it's no joke what it is because if you, I, I'm serious. I dove into a, a rabbit hole of things about Little Dicky and Dave. I don't even like rap. I hate rap music yeah, to be too. honest, and. I enjoy everything Unless he does. Unless it's that ice cube. No, it's that iced tea. Was going to be a good day. I don't know what Ooh, that is. Yeah. Is that Snoop Dogg? No, it's ice cube. Snoop Doggy Today Dog? was a good day. Snoop Doggy Dog. I didn't even have to bring it. my AK. Today was a good day. Is that Eminem? It's ice cube. Oh, I thought that was Eminem. Nope. I know rappers. Uh, Lil Dicky though, <laughs> and Dave Bird. <laughs> so this guy's like legitimately weird and strange and like awkward. Gifted. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He doesn't know what he's not supposed to do. All he's doing is him. He's he's acting as himself. He's doing himself. And in the show, it is the exact same way. And I love it. It made me love the show more once I found out like. He was literally this strange yeah. and this awkward in real life. Guys, it's a great show. Watch it, this show. It it honestly gave me confidence in the way I act most of the time. Like, I'm a weird dude. I'm awkward a lot of the time. I feel like I have confidence, but most of the time I'm just shooting from the hip. <laughs> you know? Really? And, oh, all the time. Hmm. And it doesn't you look don't strike that, me as a fellow with self-doubt. Well, I am very good at deceiving people about hmm. my self-doubt and that is like the truth and i feel like he is as well like and you see that in the show he has incredible self-doubt and then he gets out on a stage and he just like spits out all of his rhyme mad rhymes this is why dog. you're gonna love the season finale and i need to see the season yeah. finale because of this so but, that that's one that's yeah. one to great talk show um, I got two main ones. That's uh, on Hulu. If anybody's looking for it, or, FX or on Hulu. FXX. Yeah. Um, last week inspired me, or the top '80s movies inspired me to go watch uh, Rambo: Last Blood. You saw it? Yeah, it was on. It's on Amazon Prime free. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Um, and I just had to watch it. Um, I don't care what you say. I'm watching it tomorrow. No, watch I, it. I know that it's got like it's like. You know, cowboy guy. Um, yeah, I mean, not really, but... Well, he's, like, in the West, right? He's in Arizona, working on, like, a horse farm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it has nothing consequential to do with the story. 
Uh, basically, his story follows John Rambo as mm-hmm. he's like working on this horse farm. I don't really remember the last Rambo movie, which came out a couple of years ago, but it definitely probably ties into this movie. Was it that close? 2018, I think. Um, but he It was not 2018. It could not have been 2018. Uh, it was just called Rambo, I believe. Yeah, that was like 2006. Because it came out the same time as um, Rocky. Rocky Balboa, yeah, about then. Yeah, that was when I was deployed. 2008. Okay, so right after I was deployed, I got home and that movie came out. It probably has something to do with that that I don't remember that movie. And it's called, what's it called? Just Rambo. Just Rambo. I saw that. I saw that movie and I loved it. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, Anyway, Last Blood is... Um, it's kind of like a Taken, like a, a a throwback to Taken. So his daughter is stolen. Yeah, basically. And he has to go and find his daughter from bad people. Uh, Mexican sex traffickers. Oh, and he's going to Mexico just rape them. Correct. <laughs> um, with bullets. Um, mm. And his fists and his knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it. Um, no, it's a great movie. Uh, it harkens back to some aspects of First Blood with a lot of trap building, which I love. I love that. Um, he's great in it. It's I used hard. to build it, traps in my backyard because of this movie. It, it's hard sometimes to look past Sylvester Stallone's plastic surgery. It's extreme. It's brisk, it's, baby. It's intense. But you get used to it. Um, I liked the story all right. It's extremely violent. It's the most gratuitously violent movie I've ever seen in my life. It's not worse than The Expendables. It. I've never seen The Expendables. They're, it's terrible. Don't ever watch them. This is so gratuitously, disgustingly violent. It's out of control. Okay. Like but gory, I, gory, 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 gory. Oh. Very oh. gory. Okay. I don't necessarily hate that. Not bad. Fine. It was fine. Um, nothing that made me like, because it's so over the top that it's almost cartoonish. The okay. story's terrible. The dialogue's terrible. The action's fun. Adrian. The, the complete goriness is like an aspect to it. It's like they did it on purpose. Listen, right. They probably did. It's fine. It's did, a fine Did he write movie. that? Did he write the... the- I, I doubt it. Um, what's it called? Rambo Last Blood. Last Blood. Um, directed by Adrian Grunberg. Yep, he did write it. Co-written by him and somebody else. Um, Matt Kurtzerlunik. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sylvester Stallone, man. He travels to Mexico to save his adopted daughter. He's been kidnapped by a Mexican cartel and forced into prostitution. It made money. Yeah. So the budget was fifty million. It made ninety one point five total. So it made forty million dollars. Listen, this is why this is why it works. All right, because they didn't go out here and try and spend two hundred million dollars to make this movie. And they shouldn't. They they. So I'm surprised that's you said smart. fifty million because it looks like a twenty million dollar movie. Oh no, it's fifty. Um, hmm. that's my point though. You can make these movies all day long for twenty million dollars, and all day long they'd make fifty to hundred. Right, like Joker. Yeah, I mean, I think that was like seventy million, but yeah, but it was like an indie film. Anyway, it, it's not bad if you like gratuitous violence and I Stallone do. killing the fuck out of people. Mm. Then you're gonna like this movie. I mean, 
Sounds like my kind of kind of movie. Yeah. All right. So that was number one. Number two I watched is uh, completely different, way off the beaten path. Now I talked about season one of this show uh, a year ago or so as being pretty profound, right? Being it blows my mind and I, I get super excited when things are so different and off the radar yeah. that they change, I think, the game as far as what is being accepted by our society as entertainment, hmm. All right? And uh, this little show that is the show that could and has garnered a huge support is by one of my favorite people probably of all time. And that guy is Ricky Gervais. I absolutely love Ricky Gervais. I love everything. I love his comedy. I love what he does. But he made this show about a year ago that I spoke about called Afterlife. Yes. That I I think was so profound because it's so small and so different. And his ability to take, you know, and to make something really powerful. Yeah, about um, such profound loss and make it interesting and mm-hmm. fun and funny, I think is it's a testament to his ability as a creator. And it's something you don't see very often in television, movies, anything like that. I think I think so much about our media now, as far as entertainment, is about trying to appease the most amount of people, trying to make something that has mass appeal. And he's gone out and done something completely different without that even in his mindset. He's creating, that's creating real art, but not real art. And it's real art based on real human suffering and pain. Yes. So what's the new movie? Uh, The new show is the second season of Afterlife, which came out just recently. So um, I didn't realize it was going to have a second. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't meant to have a second season until it got clamored by the masses that he make a second season. Right, that everybody loved it. Um, The second season of Afterlife is, I don't want to say it's necessarily as as good as the first season, but it is just honestly like a massively powerful emotional roller coaster that I'm glad I took. Gosh, I really need to see that. I I didn't, uh, honestly, I didn't watch the first season. I never watched it. I think you really missed out. I mean, I really think. I mean, it's still there. Yeah can still watch it the the way this is the, the the subject matter a the way that he makes it b and the humor c which is great yeah but d the ability to take like ugly people essentially sure um like these are not attractive people inside and out no just outside like they're not physically attractive people that he's casting in this show okay and he's making a whole show, and it's very refreshing to see a show with normal people. with normal looking people that deals with massive loss. It is super emotional, and I mean, I cried several times during this show. Yeah, it's powerful, man, and hmm. it's something that I think is really important. And the I fact that, that Ricky Gervais could make this and do this. Knowing full well, I think, that he hasn't been through this kind of loss. No. So the whole reason I didn't watch the first season 
is because of like how powerful you said it was like, so like how emotional you said it was. And when I enjoy that kind of show, I really do. But like, it's not quite a I'm, breath of I, fresh I'm air. A, I'm an emotional person, but yeah, like it's not something I would tend to like, gravitate towards. Yeah. Lean to. It's tough. It's but a tough watch. I do it's enjoy watching that kind of show. And the more you talk about it, the more I understand that I need to watch it. And I think it pushes the boundaries of uh, what entertainment is and can be. And it it brings back I a, don't always want doom and gloom. Like I even though yeah, But it's not doom so and gloom. That's, I love the, Batman, that's the amazing that's part about it. And and that's the part I need to get over is like it's not necessarily always negative. Like you have to understand there's going to be a bright side to some of the story or you, you just have to travel through the story with them. Like you have to go through the story with the character. This is very much the show. You have to take this journey with Ricky yeah. Gervais's character through absolute misery to... And I'm not a huge fan of, of Ricky Gervais myself. I, oh, I mean, he's fine. I've been a huge fan of him. He's funny. Forever. He's Okay. I love the movie Invention of Lying. I don't even know that. Oh man, it's a great movie with Ricky Gervais where he is uh he lives in a world where nobody's ever lied. Lying doesn't exist, and he's the first person that comes up with the idea of lying. Really? So everybody just believes everything he says because they don't have lying. Like nobody's ever lied. Wow. That's it's a, it's a really good, good premise. Yeah, it is a really, <laughs> good, a really premise. good premise. He's a fucking genius. He really is. I mean, everything you've ever seen him do in a show, like a TV show, a movie, everything that he's created on his own is genius. It really is. And I, I'll be honest with you. He's always been kind of like a, a little bit of a role model to me as far as um, I mean, his I, comedy, his politics, everything about what he's about, I'm a fan of for the most part. I can support the fact that he is very open about his, like, what he believes. Yeah. You know, he's not somebody that sugarcoats, like, anything. Right. He comes on to um, late night shows. That's the biggest thing to me. He comes on late night shows. He doesn't and give a says fuck about exactly Hollywood. what he wants to say. And you know why? Because he, he doesn't care about all the money Hollywood. in the world when he sold the office. Right. All of it. Right. So he does not no, care. I get it. But what would he have been if he didn't do that? Well, I mean, hugely popular because he made The Office. But I understand. But I'm saying, like, so did that money change his opinion on nope. how he should be? I don't think so. Mm. You think it made you him just give said less, it. less of a shit? Yeah, maybe. I do. I think it made him... You said that. Like, I don't he made know all what, the money from... The office from selling the office. So did that change his perspective of how he should be in mainstream media in how he's presenting himself? Like he doesn't have to give a shit about anything he does because he's got all the money in the world anyways. Maybe. I don't know. But (sighs) either way, I understand where you're coming from. Like he's a very open and like straightforward person that you don't see. And it's very refreshing seeing somebody that's very straightforward like that, that that most people aren't. I mean, honestly, my... In in Hollywood. My first... I mean, I did watch The British Office, probably before The American Office, but my biggest major things with him would have been, um, you know, when he was 
just his stand-up comedy, which I absolutely love, which is story-based, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but extras and Life's Too Short, when he had the Ricky Gervais show, uh, all of that stuff he did. Um, Idiot Abroad is a great show as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, his podcast is amazing. I listened to his podcast 15 years ago. You know, he was one of the first people podcasting. Yeah. Um, Him and Mark Maron. I liked Derek. I like that show. I like. I love his stand-up comedy. I'm a huge fan of his in general, but this is something that I think is just on a completely different level. I think it takes, and maybe it's a British thing, I don't know, but we don't have this in our entertainment world no, anymore. No, we don't. It doesn't exist. The people that can make shows with unattractive people about cancer, death, and you know, just dealing with the aftermath of your life, but not even in a real traditional comedy way, because there's a way to make that show as a traditional comedy. Sure. And this isn't that. It is funny at times, but it's also deep at times. I just think it's an incredible thing that he's managed to do. And it's also very hopeful. Season two, you know, there's some things I didn't like as much about season two as season one. I will definitely say that. They have a really weird... um, offbeat character that plays this therapist which doesn't make any sense hmm. in the show how that works out it's like a really um i, I don't even uh machismo like uh, womanizing yeah male therapist it makes no sense in the context of the show but that's where it does make sense because it changes the course it, it like breaks yeah. up the show in it's like it's like real comedy. Yeah. Like the way it. it's supposed it's to like, be. Yeah. That makes you think. So I think it's definitely something everybody should check out. Afterlife, Ricky Gervais. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix show. Everybody's on Netflix. You have no excuse. Okay. I should watch it. Yeah. Um, what do you got? That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's all. I have two. Um, and they're nothing even close to yours, like in weight. By any means, mine are mindless TV that I've watched, and I I guarantee you haven't. One of them is American Idol. Ugh. This year was set up to be a phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. It was going to be very good. And then this whole freaking coronavirus hit and they had to change the whole show completely and they filmed everything from home so they had so american idol sent uh, iphone 11s to everyone they sent ring lights they sent stands they sent everything like microphones a whole setup to everybody at home wherever they were gonna film and each contestant filmed their own music and you know you saw their live perf- or like their recorded performances at home and then Ryan Seacrest was trying to like moderate it and the judges were at home it just wasn't not even close to being the same it just didn't work it worked for what it was like for what it was it worked you know for filming things at home they did a very good job at editing. Like whoever their editor was for these videos was phenomenal. They, you know, because people were were filming their their themselves and then sending the video into the 
American Idol people, and then they were editing it from that. That's they did great work with that, but you didn't get the same no, feel the same. from mu- the Live musical music. aspect was not the same. The people like all of the contestants filming themselves singing was not the same way because they didn't have a live audience. They didn't have a live band. They didn't get to choose like different songs. They didn't change arrangements. It just, it was, I don't know. It was so different Yeah. and it could have been so much better. And I felt so bad for the singers. Right. Because they couldn't, Here's my thing with American Idol. They couldn't so, like elevate themselves to a better point from the audience, from the Hey, you the, need to feed off that energy. Yes. The energy of the moment, like being in the top five or like the, the top music, 10 the or, moment. You want it. You want to never let it go. You only got yeah. one shot. Do not miss your chance to go. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Yo. <laughs> and and that's what it was. It was like an Eminem esque type performance that wasn't as good as what Eminem could do. No, nobody's as good as Eminem. Well, I mean, there are people as good as him. Yeah, like Aaron Neville. <laughs> yes. Here's it, the thing. After last year, so I, I was off American Idol for a long long time. Last year, I picked it back up, and I started watching it, and this little guy named Alejandro was on there. I know, and everybody is and based is off of Alejandro the in this season. greatest that's ever been on the show. No. He's absolutely amazing. Yes. And I've never seen anybody like him on the show. There are other people that are similar to him. There's nobody like him. No, there are other people like him. They just didn't get the opportunity that he had. That's the problem. That dude was amazing. He played folk music, and then the next day he's playing techno music where he's DJing it. There there was people on this season that could have done that. No. There is nobody like Alejandro. You didn't watch this season. There is no reason to watch it after Alejandro. <laughs> well, that's false. But I, this season was screwed up. And the biggest thing was like in the last episode, the finale, um, Ryan Seacrest had like a lazy eye. You, you need to go. Botox. Up. No, you need to go back and watch it. I don't know. I was looking up the like a bunch of news articles about it, but I didn't read into it because I hadn't seen the finale yet. So I didn't want to read about it because I didn't want to find out who won before I watched the finale. But I need to go back and, and read why he was, he was slurring his words. His right eye was like sagging really bad and people were worried that he was having a stroke. Ryan Seacrest's team speaks out after concerns. He had a stroke. Yeah. People were concerned he had a stroke while he was recording his part because he was slurring his words, he didn't sound right, and he looked goofy, like really bad. I'd like to point out Ryan Seacrest's sudden change in speech, posture, and eyes towards the end of the show. Is he okay? Almost questioning possible stroke, or was he drunk? Could he have messed with the results? What's going on? Yeah, what can you tell me? He didn't show up to live with Kelly and Ryan on Monday morning, so rumors began to swirl. Okay, do you have the answer? Because it was weird. He couldn't pronounce names. He like didn't finish sentences. Amy had told me about this before I watched the 
the finale. And that's when I started looking it up. And I was like, wait, I'm going to find out who won. And I don't want to know yet. You know, I'm not getting a lot of answers here. <laughs> I don't think um, anybody really knows why. No. It was weird. You need to go back and watch the finale episode. He's getting he, old, man. He was strange. And he's saying f- work life balance, stress from working from home. Uh, that's basically what he's saying. Oh, he's also been doing that Disney family sing along specials, which are great. I mean, he does a lot of things. Oh, he's the hardest working guy in show business. That's what they say. It was weird. Anyway. You know, American Idol wasn't what I thought it was going to be this year, and I, I blame it all on coronavirus. For sure. Next thing I watched was Extraction. I don't know what that is. It's a movie with Thor. Mr. Chris... Oh, yeah, I've heard about this movie. Chris Hemsworth. It was No Bueno. Hmm. That's what I heard. No, they're... No, it got pretty it's, good reviews. Es Bueno? It's okay. okay. I mean, it's good for what Netflix has put out recently. Okay. So a lot of the Netflix movies that have been out have been no bueno. This one is by far better than all of those. Like uh, Triple Threat that came out, terrible. Terrible. Awful. Had incredible cast. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, and a lot of other people that I don't know. Affleck remember. was the bomb in Phantoms, yo! Yes. Yo, but not in triple. Threat. No, not in triple threat. This movie was way better than that. The plot, yeah, I I get it. He's like trying to save a boy, and he's extracting him, whatever. But Chris Hemsworth does a phenomenal job. The action in this movie would be in my top ten action movies Holy that shit. I've seen. He does a great job. Well, I'm gonna watch it now. It's it's pretty good action wise, like. Again, the story and plot. Okay, you you is get. it about extracting things? Yes. Oh yeah, shit! That's like my <laughs> least favorite thing to watch is people extract things. But he's is it militarily it. involved? Yes. Oh, even worse! I don't like military movies. Oh well, is I it do. Police involved? Uh, kind I of. I hate police movies. <laughs> okay, kind of. Just can't do any of those things. Yeah. Well, I think it's fun. Okay. And it was worth the watch when I watched it. Like, it, it's what I expected. He acted a lot better than what Did I... Did you be- ever watch the one with Ryan Reynolds? Three Underground, something Underground, Seven Underground? Yeah, not not Twelve Underground? It's way overdone. Okay. Because I've heard pretty good things about that, and I heard this was kind of similar. Better. I think this one's way better than that. Okay. This one's not overdone like the... Like the Ryan Reynolds movie is, I think it is three underground. Yeah, or seven, or like nine, 12. nine underground. It's a multiple, it's a multiple of, of three. <laughs> yeah, it is a multiple of seven's three. not a multiple of three though. No, I didn't say seven. You did. Yeah, so it's either three, six, nine, or twelve underground. Underground, and it is way better than that movie because because it's not overdone. Like the the Ryan Reynolds movie is overdone action wise. It's Michael Bay. That's why. Who made The Rock? But that was before he got overdone. It's six underground. <laughs> yeah. So it is multiple a multiple of three. Of three. Come I on. I told you that. Um, I like Ryan Reynolds, though. Either way, Extraction, way better than that movie. Um, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say like low budget. It's, it's just like lesser done. It's like removed from the CGI and more 
physical oriented. Yeah. Like it's more physical action. That's fine. Than CGI action. And it's, it's pretty good. Decent. It like held my attention. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I would watch it. It's got a, like a 6.9 rating on IMDb. I wouldn't rate it any higher than that. I would say. It's about right. It's like worth the watch if you have nothing else to watch. It's good. Well, it sounds great, Jerry, and that also brings us to the end of our time here at Snark Talk this week. We are done. Um, Tune in next week for our show, and also for our Patreon exclusives, go to patreon.com slash snarfcomics, and you can get our top uh, 10 honorable mention 90s movies. eight. Top eight, because we've already repeated some. We'll still mention them, we just won't talk about them. Right. Well, we'll mention them, yeah, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, okay. We're kind of heavy on so our So you'll words. get our 10 honorable mention 90s action movies, and let me tell you guys, I'm looking at my list, and you don't want to miss it. So you go to uh, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. You can uh, subscribe and get those bonus podcasts. Um, we also do Snarf Yoki on there. Uh, we gave you guys a free preview this week because we had. <laughs> I mean, Neville, we had Aaron Neville, on so the we show. had to do that. But normally, we do it over there on our Patreon exclusive, and uh, you get a lot of other cool stuff other than extra podcasts like uh, T-shirts or bundle of snarfs or stickers or whatever you want. We get a whole new batch of T-shirts coming in, guys. Um, they're pretty amazing. Yep. If you're a, po- a Patreon uh, ten dollar level subscriber yep you're gonna get a free t-shirt um but if you're not they will be available for for purchase uh, mm-hmm. probably check out facebook for that yeah we'll i think it's gonna be like 15 bucks for a t-shirt or 20 dollars for a sweatshirt something like that yeah and it's a cool design brand new all yeah. of it's brand new it's coming to you soon yeah it's in production right now it is in production right now He's literally screen printing them. Yes, as we speak, squeegees are moving. I can hear them in my headset. Squeege, squeege, <laughs> shirt, squeegee shirt. All right, guys. Uh, for snarf talk this week. Oh, hey, before I say that, if you guys got an idea for a top ten or something you want us to do in the next couple of weeks, let us know. Send us a comment. Send us a message. Yeah, we would love to have some ideas. We want to. We want to do what you guys want us to do. Yeah, we we're very open to all of these things. We're open minded. We're polyamorous as far as ideas go. Nope. As far as ideas go, yeah, yes, I don't even really remember what polyamorous means. It's like multiples. We had a. Oh. podcast called the polyamorous throuple once yeah that caused some issues <laughs> let's not get into that all right uh for snarf talk this week i've been chris i am jerry see ya